Hey, it's Jeff Cullen. And Mark Hughes. And this is episode number 24 of the Connect 2 podcast. It sure is. Good afternoon, Mr. Marcus. What's that, a 2-4? A 2-4. Yeah. episode. That's right. They said it wouldn't go beyond 12, but here we are, proving them wrong. <laughs> every day, every week. So, um, if you're new to the podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. Most of our subscribers come from Apple Podcasts and ah, reviewing us... Definitely will increase that traffic. We have a fair number of downloads, and um, we could always use more subscribers. I saw some some visits to our Google page as well. I so, know, uh, so it's all good. It's all yeah, really good. Yeah, one step at a time. No mail this week, though. Regrettably, nope. But that's, that's okay. okay. You hope, know, hope springs eternal. You know, I always think. Uh, I always think when I was at work, I always wished the email would stop. So maybe it's a, not a bad thing in reverse. <laughs> it's all how you look at it. Today we have coffee. Yeah, very tasty. This is from Transcend. This is from Transcend. Not these a are, sponsor. These are but... cappuccinos. Although I did see, uh, I did see Paul. And you have a choice. You can either have a fresh croissant or a cinnamon raisin brioche. I'll go with the croissant. Okay. A little bit later. Thank you. Is this chocolate? It is. Uh, no, it's just a straight. Perfect. There you go. All right. Yes. Crinkling of bags and whatnot. Yes. This is a great addition to our traditional format, I must say. <laughs> I like it, too. It makes me say, okay, where can we go next? And what can we do? Uh, I was thinking next week we might compare, uh, might be a step backward, but compare Tim Horton's coffee and McDonald's coffee. <laughs> Why not? Bold. The idea, I mean, not the coffee. <laughs> Oh dear, no, I'm eating. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a cappuccino from Transcend. Nice. Um, there are different styles of cappuccino. Um, interesting thing about cappuccino is that if you let a cappuccino sit for a while, all the bubbles will eventually disappear. Mm. Um, uh, in fact, uh, and it's really important when you're making a cappuccino that you texture the foam, which is different than steaming the foam. So if you stick the, the, the steam one into the milk, yep. um, it will make it very frothy um, and it can make it quite stiff, uh, but it um, doesn't really add much flavor or taste profile. Sure. But they do this thing where they call, um, they call texturing, where you're actually basically you're forcing the bubbles to try and get smaller. Right, the right, foam. right, right. And there's a... So it gets it, that thicker and more rich... It, uh, and it gets this yeah. mouthfeel. And there's a there's a function of the heat, and there's the basically the fat in the milk will encapsulate all okay. the water that comes in, and it creates that, that mouthfeel. So well, there, there you go. go. Very oh. tasty. Well, I just learned something new. There you go. <laughs> right here in... in, in uh, Real time. In real time. Yeah. Um, what are the two things you learned this week in addition to the coffee texture? Well, I learned a couple of things. One, one sort of a personal observation, and I'm going to do a shout out to the November Project, which is the... Oh, yeah. uh, so I, I put a link in our Facebook thing to the yeah. November Project. So, you know, it really turns out that this whole idea of community is... Uh, it's, such a, it's such a motivator. Like, I'm not going tomorrow because I, could, I mentioned i got to drive my wife to the airport like at three in the morning. And so I'm going to be like, no, but I'm anxious to go back on Friday and, um, it's kind of miserable, you know, in some respects it's cold and, and yet <clears throat> by the time we're done, just the community. So on, on Monday, 
there was a gentleman who is uh, a member of this, the local chapter here who turned 93. Oh, wow. And he's not a regular attendee, but he still comes out, you know, on a regular whenever he can. And uh, yeah, guy looks like he's in his late 70s. I mean, you know, he's doing push-ups and he's doing, I mean, amazing. So oh, they awesome. did a whole bunch of stuff for him. And so just the power of community is, uh, I was reminded of this week. The other thing I learned, and <laughs> this is maybe a, a little bit of a darker theme for today's episode, because we're going to talk about modern music. It's just how stupid people are and, and kind of proud of it. I don't know if you've heard, but A&W in the States has launched a new burger and a new ad campaign, and, and they're calling it the Three-Ninths Burger. And Three-Ninths, like a third. Well, see, you're, you're a good fraction guy, because it turns out, and this is true, that 20 years ago, A&W introduced a burger in the U.S. called the Third Pounder, and it failed. And when they did follow-up, it's because most people thought four is bigger than three. <laughs> and so they thought the burger was smaller, even though the whole idea was to beat the quarter pounder with a third pounder. A majority of people couldn't get their head around the fact that a three is smaller than a four. And so the whole ad now is the bear doing the math and they've come up with three ninths burger, hoping that people will think oh, that's nine bigger. is bigger than four. <laughs> and I was like, we are doomed as a species, my friend. So, oh, yeah. you know, but good on A&W because the ad is really upfront, tells the whole story of how they even say that in the ad. Turns out Americans are not very bright. And I thought, well, that's a bold commercial. Now, I don't think Canadians, honestly, I don't, you know, I don't mean to call out Americans. I don't know that we would do much better here in, in average, but yes, tricky fractions. So those are two things I learned. What about, what about you? Well, and uh, A&W, just as a bit of trivia, the A is, stands for Allen yeah. and the W stands for Right. And uh, it's an American-based franchise that yeah. started a long uh, time ago, like in 1919. So wow. It's a, a little over 100 years ago, 102 years ago, founded yeah. in California. So right. uh, They've yeah. been around a long time. Re yeah. yeah. I, I actually quite like GameW, but uh, I, I think they've kind of distinguished themselves at a bit more, uh, slightly more healthy, a little bit more uh, forward-thinking. A little bit more progressive, yeah. yeah. Separate companies in Canada and the States, though. They're not... Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, two things I learned. Well, I'm just in the process of finalizing the book. So we're hoping mm -hmm. to get it to the printer within the week. So we've got drafts and it's really close. Um, so I'm self-publishing. So there's all this thing about self. So I took a virtual seminar last week all about pet photography and the very last subject it was being presented was on self-publishing books <laughs> good timing oh my god what terrible timing I, you know there's things <laughs> I, I, I wish i knew this a long oh, time ago they had a slightly different approach but anyway it's mm -hmm. uh and i had done a bunch of research to one of the things you do when you're putting together a book is you try and figure out what what's your competition what's out there and i did a bit of that right um turns out there's a whole bunch of them that I wasn't aware of because of how they're published. They're not kind of conventionally published. Okay. So um, anyway, yeah. So 
we'll see. This is going to be, uh, this may end up just being a bit of a vanity project, but whatever. Um, so that's one. Second thing, um, so I managed to accidentally book myself on back-to-back conferences. Hmm. So I had a conference Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then another one, this is the second thing I learned, uh, which was uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, uh, well, let's just say I did pretty good until about Friday. And I was just like, I'm not, I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> this is online? This is online. And, yeah. uh, I caught most of the, um, most of the presentations, certainly for the first one, which is all focusing on pet photography oh, and yeah. I had paid a little bit extra so I can watch it later. Um, right. Which is right. super important because, yes. uh, you know, when you have these it's different when you fly somewhere for a conference they have you or your undivided attention. You, you can't go somewhere else. That's right. But, but when you're here, people, things get scheduled and you say, Oh, I can do that. I'll just duck out for a few minutes and it never quite works out that way. And we had a big crunch trying to get everything done for the book so that it's close right now. It's just, it really is just tweaking stuff. And, um, so cool. I spent pretty much all Saturday and Sunday that I was supposed to be in this conference, conference uh, yeah. uh, editing photos and fixing photos and replacing photos and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, yeah there you go. So um, there is definitely a limit to how much Zoom conferencing you can do <laughs> in one go. And uh, it's also very important to have a comfortable chair. Yes. So Zoom, <laughs> Zoom fatigue is a real thing, but oh not too comfortable. No. Or no. else... Is that man asleep? Exactly. Hey, wake up, you. Well, that's the other thing is that I started watching some of these uh, these presentations while I was doing other things, making dinner. I was, you know, I, I was thinking about these politicians and stuff who have accidentally uh, exposed themselves or whatever. Uh, I could see how you, if you're, especially if you're in this continuous thing of meetings and you sort of forget that you're... Right there's a camera on your zoom thing yeah, if you're not careful and yeah it's not good but anyway, <laughs> uh, so i was totally cognizant into that so good if you're if i'm in one of your conferences you'll be aware that i'm aware that i'm not gonna do anything untowards <laughs> that's but, right uh, except possibly fall asleep but yeah that happens <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's uh we're talking about modern music today. Tell me we're what talking we're... about mainstream music. Okay, mainstream and, music. Uh, mainstream music. Because I, I think to paint all modern music music with a brush would be unfair. Okay. Um, and so yeah, the premise I, I just popped into my head that, you know, it, it seems certainly that modern music or mainstream music is is not as good as it used to be. And uh but I wanted to justify that statement and I did a little bit of research. And so there's a whole bunch of websites that came up, but the, the points I'm going to talk today came out of uh, a, a YouTube um, called Thought, Thoughty, like the word thought with a Y and then the number two, Okay. which uh, they have all kinds of videos deconstructing different things. But they had one on why mainstream music sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And so first thing, uh, scientific research to back this up. So some academics, uh, particularly the... Uh, a university, uh, sorry, the Spanish Research Council did a study in 2012. And so there's a whole number of, of reasons why, if you think that mainstream music is not as good as it used to be, you're right. And part of it, regrettably, like the mathematical thing, is because 
we're kind of getting stupider and accepting uh, or we're giving the, the, the sense that we're stupider and then people are responding. So here's a couple of things. First of all, uh, timbal variety. So the, the, the richness of musical instruments and different kind of arrangements has decreased steadily. It peaked in 1960. Timbal or timber, timber, timber. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Timber, right. A uh, variety. Okay. So it, it peaked in 1960 with Sergeant Pepper's, the Beatles, Sergeant Pepper's and that song day in the life, uh, reportedly was the most, that was the, the pinnacle of timber variety and we've been steadily declining. And so now most music is, is created with a significantly reduced number of instruments. So you don't get that richness of sound. So that's one reason. Um, is, it, is it a lot of, uh, uh, I know a lot of times they'll, they'll digitally do the instruments. Exactly. Is that part of it? Too? That's part of it. So they talked about uh, Robin Thicke's, uh, his, his big hit there, uh, what the hell's, uh, Blurred Lines. Mm-hmm. There's only one instrument. It's a drum machine, right? So you go from the Beatles with a 48-piece orchestra and, and all that kind of complexity to, you know, a drum machine, right? And I goes, that was a bit of an extreme. But like like it, it's the only instrument, but, but he sampled stuff, right? Yeah, but... Right now, most music, most pop music is produced with computers and maybe three or four instruments. So it's less complex. The next thing they found is something called the, the uh, millennial whoop, which is a, it's a repetitive pattern where you use a fifth note, third note, fifth note, and some kind of whoa, whoa, whoa. And so they, they looked at 500,000 songs ran it through an algorithm and found like a high preponderance of this repeated pattern. And what was the pattern again? It was... It's it's like the fifth, the third, and the fifth, and whatever octave you're playing. And a whoop. And, and some kind of whoa, vocally. Really? So they call it the millennial whoop. And they said almost all pop stars have used this in at least one of their songs. So that's Do they have any problematic. Examples? Oh yeah, Cardi B. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, just, not his name, Justin Bieber. They just went through all of the list, right? Like a long, long list of uh, even Ed Sheeran, right? Really? So that's part of it. Um, so yeah, some a, a music writer named uh, Scott Medsker did that study and found this. Um, why are they using this? Apparently, it's because we've become kind of accustomed to familiarity. Okay. So it sells, right? People like to hear, oh, this reminds me, you know, of something else, right? Uh, lyrics have gotten simpler, shorter, and and more repetitive. Okay. Again, a dumbing down of generally how things are written. And I think you'd probably say the same thing in newspaper and, and, and magazine articles. But our song complexity has gotten simpler. This one was interesting. Almost all pop hits are written by two guys the same two guys the same two guys there's a guy out of sweden named uh, max martin and i'd heard of him before and there's a guy named dr luke well that's his his nom de plume uh they are hit makers and they have written what's the nom de plume again dr luke dr luke yeah they have apparently between the two of them have written thousands of of pop songs over the last 20 years okay and uh whether it be taylor swift again all of these big stars, most of their hits written by these two guys. So if you think it sounds repetitive and formulaic, yes, it definitely does. Um, oh, um, 
simplicity or the addition of more of a kind of a hook or almost like a gimmick mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of pop music. Why? Because of Spotify and particularly because of the iPod. So again, in the same way that we are no longer able to uh, focus on other things, we apparently can no longer focus on music. So people are swiping. And if a song doesn't catch their attention within the first three or four seconds, they stop listening to it. So everybody's trying to come up with these catchy, you know, I don't know, riff or, or some kind of lyrical trick to keep people interested. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. So kind of doing it to ourselves. And then the last two, um, loudness. So dynamic range, um, again, is the, is the, the difference between the highest note or the highest like volume and lowest. Yep, yep. So apparently loudness is also become kind of the competitive advantage. So the louder your song and the only way to make a sound loud, a song loud when you don't really control the volume is to uh, compress the dynamic range. So they bring all of the low notes up so that the song is basically louder. So what it does is again, it reduces that complexity. Everything sounds a little bit more jangled and less rich. Yeah, I could see. But I could see how that works because it's louder, right? You can hear it. Yeah, because I could see how that works for sure. Because uh, like even when we're editing the podcast, right? Um, so I have to do this thing where at the end it's kind of one of the last steps where I basically adjust um, sort of the average giant dynamic range. It's called a luffs or lutz um, luff luffs l u f s. Okay, and it's yeah. basically. I have to put it at a certain level. So right. the idea is that if they're listening to our podcast or they're listening to Bob's podcast or Joe Rogan's or whatever, it all is about the same, same volume level. Sure. So if you're trying to get everything loud, you have to have that same volume level and then you just bring the quiet up right. to the, wow, that's, uh, I never thought about that, but, uh. Well, and I find it with my son. He's watching these YouTube videos all the time. They're always screaming. Yeah. And I'm going like, what is wrong with you? How can you? Like, like this just annoying. Again, it's this it's this uh, short attention span thing. And the, the loudest thing gets attention. Ugh. And then the last factor was, again, um, probably similar to like the film industry. Is what we basically industry risk aversion, right? So if you go back to the 50s and 60s, it was not that expensive to promote an artist. So they would sign all kinds of people. Yeah. And then they'd kind of let it organically, you know, if you, if people liked you, you, you did okay. Well now, like much like in the movie industry, you got a bunch of industry suits that are investing, you know, millions of dollars in every potential artist or album. And so they don't want to take risks. So it's leading to fewer artists getting signed. And then a lot of repetitive copycat. If somebody has a hit, then it's like, well, let's do what they did, right? And so because, again, the same two guys are writing the majority of the songs, a lot of it's being mixed in the same studios, you're just getting this rehashing of the same stuff over and over again. So it's really an industry, I don't know what you'd call it, killing of you of, of the artistic side. Now, like the guy said, that's why he calls it mainstream music. There's a lot of musicians out there, independent musicians that are, still being experimental and but they don't get that 
they don't get the play. They don't get the, you know, the, the mainstream boost. They're not people that you're going to see. Well, I wonder, uh, so there's or, been a, there's been a super seismic change with uh, movie and TV industry used to be a lot of Hollywood studios. And that was the whole, everything was done with Hollywood studios. And with the exception of Disney, now all the movies and stuff are basically owned or produced by tech companies instead right so you've got um netflix apple um i'm trying to think who the other ones amazon amazon yeah amazon prime so these guys now are the ones that are doing almost all of the movies and except for disney disney's really one of the few exceptions right and uh warner brothers but warner brothers is owned by a phone company right now and they're trying to divest that and uh I wonder if the same thing would ever happen to the music industry. Because right now it seems that the music industry is still a little bit controlled, kind of like the old Hollywood system. Yeah, I think so. um, Especially now with Spotify and Apple. I I also didn't realize that Spotify is way more popular than Apple music. Like for me, Apple music, I use Apple music Mm -hmm. because it's... uh, it's integrated with my phone. Right. And yeah, I think been. a lot of people are like that. Yeah. But um, it's nowhere near as popular as Spotify for music. So um, anyway. Yeah. And, and it's, it, Spotify just absolutely dominates. So. Well, I think you might be right. If you, if you think about, uh, I don't know so much about movies, but it's certainly the TV industry. We've, we've benefited a lot from the streaming services and it's right true. we're like in the second golden age of television mm-hmm. uh, even going back to an hbo you know and the sopranos and that's early 2000s yeah. whereas if you go back to the 90s and 80s i mean there's some shows that especially like the late 80s you know it's a lot of repetitive yeah formulaic kind of yeah You're kind of like uh, some of the mainstream music and some of the mainstream movies right Maybe we're predicting um, the next wave. Maybe where I could see, um, yeah, Spotify maybe if it's goes like, and gets I, its own artist signed. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. Or be, Apple music. I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't that? Yeah, maybe yeah. we're foretelling the future. Perhaps you we heard are, it here first. That's right. <laughs> so there you go. So, anyways, you are not imagining if you if you've been thinking, hey, mainstream music seems like it's kind of sucky. Uh, now you know why. At least six or seven reasons why, and. Um, so be it, I guess. Find find independent artists and uh, like my friend Pete, Mr. Pistola, the author of our song here, um, you know, our theme music, and people like that who are creating original, uh, wider, dynamic range stuff. So there you go. That's that's really fascinating. I did a lot of homework on that. I had <laughs> no idea about the. Had no idea about the. Oh, did not mean to do that. Whoops. <laughs> um, I, I, I had something I want to show you, but anyway. The, <laughs> um, yeah, well, modern music, well, you know what? But they've always talked about modern music kind of, you know, even in the Whitney Houston days and all that stuff, it was all kind of floundering. And, uh, you know, the other thing, you, you talked about all these pop hits, the other person i was thinking a big producer who does a lot of pop hits and produces a lot of music particularly for women is uh linda perry she used to be one of the lead singers from um four non-blondes 
Okay. And she has since gone on to writing all kinds of hit music and producing hits with Pink and Christina Aguilera and right. uh, Gwen Stefani and yeah. a whole bunch of mostly very strong women. Sure. So, anyway, interesting. So Yeah. Well, I, like I say, I, I don't think it, it covers... And some of those artists may have had the occasional breakout yeah. standout song. But if you look at like a lot of it, it's pretty... Uh, that's repetitive and, and i think you know pop's always been kind of somewhat disposable but i think the idea was there was more uh opportunity for like the weird and 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 strange to maybe catch on right where it's like oh man this is different whereas now you're just seeing less of that difference like bands just more resemble each other and you listen to their their hits and then it's like i didn't even get into the whole rap thing because there's a whole other video about how you know like the 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 destructive repetitive nature of the whole rap scene right now, where it's like going back to its early roots. It was about, you know, urban, yeah, the urban experience and had some, some resonance of the stories where now it's all kind of like, well, I struggle Kardashian nonsense well, you I, know, with some swear words in it. I struggle with the whole rap thing, particularly my son likes rap and, and, uh, but I struggle with it because it's kind of like, kind of like, reverse cultural appropriation or something like that like like you know if you think about it if you were to i don't know if you go and you start including references to you know indigenous peoples and you start including it and releasing stuff as your own yeah and that you know you'll be accused of cultural appropriation by the settlers and the colonizers right right? hey colonizer and um yet What's happened with uh, music that was profoundly describing the black experience, particularly in the U.S., um, and th- that's rap. That's rap at its core. Right. Exactly. And now all these white people are listening to it, and it's their music now. Right. But they don't have any of that experience, and and, and no, oh, exactly. Like uh, you know, there are some some white rappers who are getting some, some success and all that stuff, but it is, um, it is a bit weird. It's, yeah. it, it's like, it's like a form of cultural appropriation that's appropriate. Whereas the former, you know, is inappropriate. And yeah. So how do you even, how do you reconcile? Yeah. That? I mean, uh, you take a guy like Eminem, I think brings a legitimacy because he comes from a, he a, comes from a, that an urban background. Whereas, you know, looking at you post Malone and some of these more, Again, it's 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 been popified. It's been commoditized. It's, it's well, and I don't even know what Machine Gun Kelly's background is. But yeah, I mean, exactly. He's, he's pretty white. Not to be not to be confused with R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> R. Kelly is he in jail now? He's in jail now. Yeah, it's going to be for a long time, I think. So, <laughs> yes. anyhow, that's kind of uh, my take on the music thing. Okay, that's cool. awesome. What kind of media are you consuming now? I'm I'm looking forward to going to see the Eternals. Well, I'd like and, to see uh, that too. Maybe I've, we should arrange to go that. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe Thursday night or something. So uh, well, I'll let night, you know. I, Thursday night, I, I got. Oh okay. no, I'm free this Thursday because yeah. I remember. Here's what I'm thinking about the Eternals, and of course, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. It just I think it relates just to just what we we're saying. I've been hearing a lot of of negative you know, reviews and some really? of the YouTube channels. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, there's always this cadre of, of people who don't like 
different stuff and, mm. and it's, it's not doing great on Rotten Tomatoes. And I actually kind of hope it's a little crappy and I'll tell you why, because if it was just the same old formulaic thing again, I'd say, oh, oh Marvel's really in trouble. If in fact they have tried something different and they've sort of stretched a bit and it turns out to be, eh, you know, it's a bit of a miss. I think I'd be happier about that because to me it would say, okay, they haven't completely just abandoned the the creative process because they've been really successful at that. Like Thor Ragnarok, oh. you know, that could have gone horribly wrong, horribly right? Wrong, yeah. And it turned out to be lucky. So I'm hoping that they're still doing that. And this one just turns out to be like, eh, it's not as good as it could have been. Well, for me, a lot of the, the superheroes, like when I was a kid, a lot of these superheroes were around. There were a few that I'd not, I wasn't familiar with because they occurred more recently. Yeah. But uh, the Eternals is all, I have no idea who these, these characters. They've been around are. for a while, but, but they're definitely like very less known. They're second and I think string. The fact that they're introducing them all, in one movie without doing what they did previously, which was the introduce them. Here yeah. And there. And then it's like, oh, okay. It's a team. Yeah. So, but again, I think good on Disney, right. For trying something different, maybe. So we'll see, but yeah, maybe we'll, we'll arrange and that'd be, that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. So I'm doing that. What else am I doing? Eh, still reading all these books that I have on the go and, uh, learning about funnelytics. And, ah, and I posted and, a link and, to that on our and Facebook funnel, page. Um, uh, what's it called? Click funnels and trying to understand is it is it worth my time as I redo my website? <laughs> it's all about so we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, what am I learning about? I am well. Uh, so for media, I'm still super jazzed about the foundation on Apple Plus. It's, How many episodes uh, is that? It's like uh, I think they're at eight right now i don't know how many there are in the season um but it's definitely getting interesting oh yeah it's getting and, it's yeah so initially and... uh initially the world building there were long segments in, so you'd have one episode and it would focus on maybe like the, there's about four or five threads okay okay and yeah. or storylines and so early on the episodes there would be they would only focus on maybe one or two of the threads. Right. So then you go to the next episode and I'm going like, oh, I forgot about this. This is a guy from like two episodes. Okay. Ago, yeah. So. And, um, but now they're getting a bit better rhythm. So where each show in general, they have almost all of the threads. Okay. Uh, being updated and you can see that there's stuff going on. Okay. Still don't know how they tie to each other. Um, and essentially it's been a, a re-envisioning of the entire so there's like six or seven books from asimov and they've mm -hmm. kinda, there's some prequels and there's a whole sure so apparently the other thing is is that the foundation series from apple has rights to certain asimov stuff oh, and ha does not have to others so there's certain characters that might normally have showed up and the foundation but that can't. they can't be or they can't be named directly oh, interesting. because uh because of uh because of uh intellectual property rights from the uh the family the Asimov right, family right so uh it's interesting but it uh it's definitely got me totally intrigued interesting so, so um Good. and you know i was thinking well maybe it's just me but i've got a buddy that you know as well richard who oh yes he's also Shout he's out to Richard. He's also uh, been intrigued by this, and we were, I best, we were both have both been watching it 
without realizing the other was watching. Ah, excellent. So that's kind of good. Yeah. The other thing that I, other media, I've watched more episodes of the squid game. I have not watched the whole thing. (laughs) Okay. It's, uh, it's really, it's really interesting. It's kind of, I kind of like it because it's, it's all in, I, I, so if you tune into it, I think the defaults to a dubbed version, but I prefer to watch it in Korean with the subtitles. With the subtitles. So you get the inflections and Yeah, and you get a you know it doesn't sound weird and okay. uh it uh it's really interesting. It's very culturally different. Right. And it's uh it's interesting because the, the very first episode um I just found out this recently there's a there's a there's like this doll that plays this giant doll is doing red light green light oh okay okay yeah and uh at least that's way it's been translated into english as red light green light sure but uh, apparently if you listen in the korean version she's singing a song right interesting so you're unlike red light green light red light green light you go red light and then they can uh, or green light and then they can People move can run. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. green light and they yeah. have to stop in mm. korean it's this song and you have to stop by the end of this little song oh interesting and uh so it's not quite like red light green light where right. it's unexpected when she turns around you can listen to the song and you know when she's going to turn around. Uh, so the subtleties are, are somewhat lost in the translation. Yeah. But, yeah. um, but it's, it's still, uh, and, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it, I have no idea where it's going. I have no idea because it is, well, it's always good. About it a is show. bizarre. And I might have to give it a watch. I, my kids want to watch it. And I'm like, I think my, my older son has watched it. My son has and, watched uh, it. And he, I'm he, like, he uh, tell me about I don't know. It. So anyways, might uh, might give that a there's just so many good shows you know on the uh must watch list it's crazy well exactly yeah. well I, I i will quickly talk about one though so the guy that plays in foundation yeah yeah was in a show on which one uh, uh the main character that that older gentleman i can't remember the actor's name he sort of got like uh he's in all the posters he's like the central guy he's he's, he's the, harry selden yes this is the character he plays that's I right i can't remember what it is so that actor was in a, in a series on on amazon prime called the terror okay which is a reimagining of the, of the of the franklin expedition and uh, that came out a few years ago and i watched that just before we started the the podcasting and that's a really good one too um kind of strange it gets mythological it starts out you know as the you think it's like a historical like documentary on the Franklin expedition. And then it just goes like, woo, like right into mythology. And, and oh, so, really? Yeah. So it's, it's good. It's quite good. Cause of course no one knows what really happened to them. Right. You know, there's, there's theories. And so they're, 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 um, uh, imagining that there was maybe a supernatural, um, overtone of what might have happened to them. It's kind of like that one about the moon mission or whatever. Why did the Apollo mission stop? And it was because they discovered something. Right. Apollo 20, Apollo 18. There's a horror film, but, but this is good. The terror quite good. Okay. Anyhow, there you go. So Uh, what are we doing next week? We are going to talk about, uh, so we've talked a lot about, uh, what, um, uh, uh, we're going to talk specifically about YouTube analytics, YouTube okay. analytics and how YouTube 
um, analyzes and moves things along. So I'm going to go a bit of a deeper dive specifically into, into uh, how YouTube videos are watched and why they're watched. So, oh, that'll be so, very uh, interesting. So it'll, because uh, uh, yeah, I've taken a few courses now and it's very quite cool, fascinating, especially how much it's changed. Well, that will be useful for those of us who are trying to put content up and get it watched. Well, I think it's not just that. I think it also is when you're looking at your, uh, the equivalent of your for you page right. uh, on, uh, on YouTube, uh, why you're seeing what you're seeing. Aha. Interesting. So it's, uh, it's definitely an algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to understand why, how that works on Facebook. Cause I think I shared, I got that invitation to the, uh, is it the church of Latter-day Saints. Oh, great. Did and you accept these, it? I did not. It's, oh, a, okay. it's a, you might find this based on your profile. You might find this interesting. <laughs> like, what? Do you wear like a black suit with a name No, but I think it? a few people pointed out that the picture had a bunch of old bald guys. And they're like, maybe it's a, maybe it's a bald thing. I'm like, well, maybe. That's <laughs> it. If you're bald, you're, you're Mormon. It was very strange. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's it for this week. Yeah. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Goodbye.